Welcome to Motherhood Interrupted. Hi, Kimberly. Hi, babe. <laughs> we finally are doing this. We talked a long time. I literally have been manifesting this mm-hmm. day for like way too long. Are you nervous? No, I'm kind of a talker, so I guess yeah, I'm not. Yeah. But should I be nervous? No, <laughs> totally not. It's like podcasting is like iconic because you just hang out and shoot the shit I'd with probably be more nervous if we were filming. That's why when I like saw your phone at first and then we decided not to do it. But I was like, wait, are you filming? But you have like a lip gloss, a lip. I put a face on for you, yeah. Kimberly. I'm no, like, you I look great. What's the saying? Not fake it till you make it, but I don't know. Whatever. Like dress to impress. Yes. Like it was that I was like, okay, if I want to go and like really be <gasps> on, I can't go in my pajamas and no makeup. I mean, so, yeah. I was here for the pajamas, no makeup. Normally Wednesday morning, that's what it is, but it's, yeah. it's Wednesday, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I went through no, that. This I morning. put on a face for you. Oh, thank you. You look gorgeous. Okay, so I actually feel like you should be a podcaster because podcasters are the coolest people because they love to talk. But like, what? Do you, how do you decide, okay, this is someone I want to talk to. What am I going to talk? Do you pick a topic ahead of time? Do you let it just roll? I mean, obviously yes, certain yes, people yes. have, right, so it just depends. Yes. I make it up. It's my own thing. Right. I can do whatever the hell I want. Right. It's beautiful. Right. It's a and different kind of podcast. It's like a kiki chitty chat podcast. Not that it's... Well, you know what? It was more business focused for right. a long time. And okay. that was a lot more like curated. I was, right. You picked a person who specializes in a certain topic. Right. right. And it was much more curated and stuff. And I am good with that, but it's, I actually was like, I actually enjoy listening to more lifestyle topics. And it's weird how people love to listen in on friends hanging out and like we still hit on different topics but it's fun to kind of like be a fly on the wall and it's like you can't look this is what i realized i'm now firmly in the motherhood category as much as that makes me cringe yeah and sorry that probably sounds terrible but it's just not what i thought i was gonna be in right and we'll talk about it but um you know it's it's always interesting to hear how different women come to be stay-at-home moms right. or if they're working moms too it's interesting but like I'm always curious like how do other women run their households yeah and so that's kind of what I wanted to talk to you about I basically wanted to kind of not only introduce you but I'm actually curious about how you run your household and also I want you to share how you kind of um the dynamic between you and Danny because I feel like <laughs> people you always really have them well trained <laughs> And I mean that with so much respect. I know to Danny. you do. I know you do. And people always ask because face value, Danny and I are very different people. We present very different. We we come off very different. But internally, inside in our cores, we're so similar. But you have to really know us to know that. So I get asked all the time after people just meet us or are around us for a little, like, what is that like? Like, what's it like in your house? But I feel like you guys. So what? This is my. Observation. It's based on what I know and also what you just said. Because this is like me and Brian. Like I'm the extrovert. He's more reserved. Same with you and Danny. Although one-on-one, they're both very engaging, et cetera. You know, I think your husband's always very sweet. Danny's always very sweet. But yes, if they're really truly interested in you or feel some sort of connection to you, they will open up more, talk more, be around more. Exactly. But so with that in mind, okay, there's like that balance between you and Danny, just like with me and Brian. And I think that's actually really important in a relationship, and that's actually why it works. Yeah. But going back to what you said, I feel like Brian and I talk about, at the end of the day, him and I have the same values. Right. And that's really what it comes it down to. It has to come down to that. There can be a lot of other things that I think are different, but you have to have like the same core values. 
And then you can grow a family, a business, a home, spend years together, years. Like, we're going to be with these people for years, Kimberly. Oh, it's I know. a long time. And I think about it, I'm like, oh, shit, that's overwhelming. Imagine doing that with someone who, like, fundamentally at your core, you don't agree on a lot of these, like, real-life values. Right. Exactly. That, I don't well, know. And so, to that end, because you seem like the type, sweetie, mm-hmm. by the way, cheers. cheers. Thank you again cheers. for joining Good me. Good morning, baby. <laughs> little tank for the morning. Little tank for the morning. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Being blinded by diamonds over here, you should all know that. Um, side note. <laughs> I love it. Um, okay. So, I'm going to dive right in since we already started with the husband mm-hmm. chat. I do, I am very curious because you are, okay, for those of you that don't know Allie, she is a fellow stay-at-home mom. She's bite-sized and she is a ball of fire. She's a red-headed, awesome, outgoing, like magnetic person. It's the nicest way to put it. Um, no, she's someone that knows everything. If you've ever met any humans in your whole life, I don't care if your humans are in South Africa, she knows them. I'm like, oh yeah, wait, I know their cousins. We... <laughs> No, straight up, there's not a human that my friend Allie does not know. So, it's not. It's definitely not seven degrees of separation. It's like maybe two. No, it's like one and a half. Yeah, I'm still trying to figure out how that always happens to me. I think it it's definitely has something you, to do with, like, I'm a talker. It's because you talk. It's talk. not that big of a mystery. I talk a lot. It's literally the other day when I saw you and Jen Posey in the same room, yes. I almost dropped dead because I manifested it. I was like, I need Allie and I need Jen. And I wonder uh-huh. if they know each other because uh-huh. they both know every single human I've ever met. And then I got messages after like, oh, you know all the same people I know. And, it's like, and the sad part is, Kimberly, I mean, I've lived here for, not sad part, the funny, awesome, amazing. I've lived here in this area for a year and a half. For 20 minutes? Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She already knows everybody because she talks. <laughs> I'm already at Kimberly Lovey's house. Yeah. Doing a podcast. Are you kidding? I'm hazing you. <laughs> By the way, if you are one of my friends and you're listening and you have not been on the podcast, we're not really officially friends yet. Just so you know, you have work to do and you need to come over and get drunk with me and then, then I'm going to haze the shit do, out of yeah. you and then you're going to be my friend. But I keep interrupting you. So go back to your question oh, no. about Danny. Oh, yeah. So... Do you guys see what happens when the two of us get together? This is like two yentas, okay? Literally. Digress, 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 digress. digress. But we're entertaining, yeah. at least to ourselves. To ourselves. Yeah. Which is all that matters at the end of the day. You got to make yourself okay, happy. Okay, here's the question. Yes. I think Danny's obsessed with you. And I feel like it's the same way that Brian's obsessed with me. And I just think it's so interesting when yeah. a woman can have her man, like you just said about the years and years and years of being yes. together. Yes, Like... How do you keep your man obsessed with you? I don't think it's about keeping them. I think it has to be just like the natural division of labor, shall we say, since we get there's a natural division of like obsession. I think someone is always slightly, slightly more into one than the other. And I chose early on, after definitely having experiences in my life where I was the one more into the other person, that that was not the right role for me. That's not good for me. I do not want to be in that position. I don't like the way that feels. I'm not my best self. I'd rather have someone be just a tinge more into me or it, it, you nailed obsessed, it. whatever. You nailed it. That, because that's where I'm my better self. I'm confident. I, I feel good. I'm not worried. I'm not stressing. I'm not. And then I can be me. And then maybe then by being the best version of me, that's how things continue to be harmonious. But if I feel like I need to chase you or worry about you or get you to continue to like me, I am not my best self. I love the way you phrased it. (laughs) I have definitely had that conversation in earlier podcasts about that and how I I just, I absolutely love it. I think a man should see you as the prize. And I should, but I will also give credit to Danny in this. I also picked a man who I saw early on was not always looking for the next bigger, better deal. 
And a lot of men are. And that comes from their own shit and their own inside that they need to f keep filling an endless cup. Danny was not that dude. Danny Same. was not looking for the next bigger, better deal. He could be happy and present with what he had and like just not searching for more to feel like he was better or competing or whatever guys do it for. That just wasn't Danny. So I think part of why this works is because he really is able to just be happy with himself and his life and his wife as it is and not needing Oh my God, that was so poignant and beautiful and deep. <laughs> like I actually feel like I'm going to start crying. Oh, there will be tears at some point this morning. I'm not sure. I'm already right, like, that was there's going to be so tears. deep. That was so good. No, but you just went right to the heart of it. That was an incredible observation. You know what, Danny? Have I told you? you? I know I am. I always say that. <laughs> I'm a lot nicer and I'm a lot smarter than I look. You first see me, you're like this bitch. <laughs> Oh, that's a hundred percent true. Have I told you how Danny and I met? That was one of my questions. Please. <laughs> All of this is going to start to make a lot of sense. In a Wait, I, I need to hear it. Spoken about. By the way, do I need to be here? I feel like you can interview yourself. It's like how I do it every week. I interview my own. <laughs> oh, self. you're saying talk to myself? Yes. Ask my husband. I do it all day long in house. He's like, what? What'd you say to me? I'm like, not talking to you. You know what else? Home alley. I'm talking to myself, honey. We're this working is how some I get shit things out. done. Yes. <laughs> Okay, how did you guys meet Alex? Um, oh my God, I'm shocked. I'm like dying right now because I thought you were going to say, yes, we talked about this already. Okay, so there's two versions of the story, okay. depending on who I'm talking to. So I'm giving you the version that I would give Kimberly, even though there's going to be other people listening. They want to hear our real right, I Right, okay. So, the, But just so you know, depending on where I am and who's asking, there's two versions of the story. One, mm. we met at Temple. Mm. <laughs> and then there's the real version. And one, we met at Rehab. <gasps> Both are true. Love it. We met at Jewish Rehab where there was a temple oh and there was a community and there was a rabbi and there was a whole treatment center and people healing from various things. Mm -hmm. um, but at the heart of it, we were both there because we needed to change our lives, get better, go through different things in a healing safe space. And as kids who were raised Jewish, who were Jewish kids from Los Angeles, we both found this place. And for different reasons and in very different ways, we do not have similar stories of struggle. We just have a similar story of struggle. And we were there at the same time, very different people, different ages. You know, I'm five years older than Danny, which is like grown <gasps> adults is not a big deal. But when you're younger, I was like way older than him. Um, How old were you? So Danny was, I think Danny was barely 21. So I must've been like 26. Yeah, Danny was 20 or 21, I was like 26, I don't know, it was 2009, I want to say. So yeah, around there. Um, and I think because we met in those circumstances and started to know each other and build a life, et cetera, from this place of like healing and learning a different way to be and learning that you have to process things and there's a appropriate and beneficial way to process things in order to go through life because life is not just good, happy, easy things. Life is hard and sad and difficult things and all of it rolled into one and that's what makes the good so good because there's also bad. Mm -hmm. Because we learned all of that as young adults who could now really look back and go, oh, okay, I get why learning these things are important. I get why having these conversations are important. I get why doing that is not suiting me and serving me. All of those things, we started our relationship and later, you know, marriage and family based on that. So we are able to communicate and deal with a lot of things that I don't know if other couples who have never had that background were ever given the tools to do. It's not their fault. We were literally like in a place where we were able to stop our lives, 
school, work, whatever that meant, and get a bag of tools and learn how to fix That's things crazy. and work through things. Wow, I love that your bottom ended up being, being my top. The, the top, yeah. Started from the bottom, now we're here. It's like... That is really powerful for both of you as a couple to come from that place. And I would not, you know, Danny and I, we just had our ninth wedding anniversary. So, Congrats. And we were, thank you. We were together for, you know, five years or so before that. So it's been a while. I don't, for many years of us being together, people would say, oh, how did you meet here? And it's like, I would be embarrassed to tell this story because maybe I didn't feel at that time that I had enough to show in my life to be like, oh, but look at us now. Mm -hmm. And I should have been proud in those moments. I wasn't yet, but I'm for damn sure proud today. Hell yeah. Like, look at our family, look at our life, look at his business, look at our home. I mean, not showing off, but like, we've literally built this together as a team from like a starting place of zero, like zero. Yeah, your bottom bottom. That's right. no, that is incredibly powerful. Mine was probably actually Danny's was zero. Mine was probably like negative. Mine was probably like below the ground because I had just like created so much havoc in my life and in my relationships and everything when I was not living my best life that I really had to like come up to even be at zero. And mm -hmm. then uh, clearly I met Danny and I'm like, oh, this is a nice guy. This is a good guy. Maybe if I want to li live a nice, good life, I need a nice, good guy. Da da da! Ding ding ding! Ding ding ding! <laughs> so <I'm> smart! <laughs> so smart! I finally arrived at that same right. conclusion. Let's try. I want to live differently. Maybe I should like date differently. Oh yeah. Well, some people never realize that. Mm -hmm. And let me tell you, Brian is the first nice guy I have ever dated. Same. Right. The very first. So, ladies, if you're single out there, get yourself, get yourself get a nice yourself guy. Get yourself a nice, a nice guy <laughs> that loves you just a little uh -huh, bit more. Uh -huh. You can always take him to Nordstrom's. Oh yeah, we did. You can always pick some new outfits. Cut the hair, <laughs> cut that hair, honey. And it's not about changing them. Sometimes they just need a little Romance. guidance. Guidance. Yes. yes. <laughs> Mentorship. <laughs> but get yourself a nice guy. Yeah, polishing. My grandmother always said. Get a guy, marry a guy that's a little homely and loves you just a little bit more. Did she? Yeah. That's By funny. the way, they were madly in love, those two. Right. Madly. Right. And my grandfather was like not a bad looking guy either. No. No. It's a good strategy. No. My husband is not a bad looking guy. He's me. totally not. Let me just say that for the record, if, that, if, that, if it was coming off that way. <laughs> no. No. You didn't say the homely part. I did. Okay. I wasn't <laughs> Danny, homely. Danny actually is a very handsome and a very fit gentleman. But, I, but listen, Danny was not like working. Danny was like, a, you know, like a high school basketball star that clearly like abandoned that for a while. And when I met him, he was not, as he's gotten older, as we've gotten older, like we've put a lot more value into like self-care and exercise and eating healthy because, I mean, we don't want to get old and, you know. Wait, okay, let's talk about that. How yeah. do you, as the woman support your family in or you and Danny work together for like health and fitness diet exercise tell us about that I think we you have to give each other time for self-care I can't be mad at him because he wants to go and take 45 minutes to exercise likewise he can't do that likewise he can't do that to me that's self-care that's important I want my kids to see that we exercise and that that's important if I'm expecting my son to go practice at his at his basketball and work hard and focus, he should see me doing the same thing. I have to model that for him. I can't just tell him to go do that. So we definitely give each other time to do self-care. I love, love that. See, and I, I told you, you had tricks. I, <laughs> but I'm like, I, I don't think it's, I, I guess once you're doing it all the time, it makes sense. But maybe if you're not doing it, you're like, oh, I never thought about that. Like, we would would we love to work out together? Sure. Does it really work with the kids? No. So I have to give him his time. He has to give me my time. 
And I think COVID, one of the silver linings in that was that a lot of us, we worked out at home, right? Yeah. So we learned how to do that. We got stuff at the home to do that. And our kids got to see us doing that. Yeah. I was going to ask when and how do you do it? I have the Peloton in the garage mm-hmm. and I go in there and whether I'm doing that or I'm doing, when Bo was little, little, she's still little, she's three. When she was even younger and she wasn't even in school yet, remember when I first met you, she was basically home with me every day. Mm-hmm. I'd be in the living room with the AirPod in my ear and a Peloton strength class in my ear and I'd be next to her on the floor and she'd be playing and I would be like, you know, trying to get in some squat jumps. Was it as much as I wanted? No. But was it something? Did it change my brain for the day? Because at least I did 15 or 20 minutes of something. Was it the Orange Theory class that I used to go to every day before COVID when I only had one kid? No. But was it something? Yes. So that kept it going. Okay. I love that. And this is another divergence, but I have to tell you because you said Orange Theory. Because you, are you still going? I was going. And then I realized my abs are so weak that I actually pulled out my back. Yep. I can't even do the rower. No. I'm too out of shape. You have to like build that up first, right? I know. Yeah. But you miss it. I missed it. But I was like, it can't just be that or nothing. It has to be something. So getting the Peloton in the house, I, I'll go and I'll, I'll get on the bike too. But I kind of have to have like the kids either out of the house or taken care of because there's nothing worse than being like clipped into a bike. You can't move. And they're like, mom, mom, mom. And you're like, Ugh. It's, it's a, it causes stress. We're trying to de-stress here de-stress. by exercising, not right. make more stress. So yes, that I have in the house. And that's pretty much it. I mean, if a friend wants to like go for a hike, I have a neighbor down the street. She likes to work out with me. She comes in my garage. It's always better with a friend. Mm-hmm. And we put on a, a Peloton strength 45 minute class and we do it in my garage together. I love it. And, and then, then what does Danny do? Does he do the same Danny thing? Danny does all his own stuff. Danny, if once in a blue moon, like I can get him to do one of those with me if the kids are, like I said, elsewhere. But he'll go in the backyard with his headphones on and he just has all his kettlebells and his thing. He's self-motivated like that. I kind of need someone yelling at me, someone telling me what to do, or I need to be in a class where people are looking at me and Mm -hmm. I feel like I'm competing. Mm -hmm. Oh, they're running fast. I got to run fast too. That's me. Danny is very self-motivated. He'll just go in the backyard and do it himself. That's I it. love that. And he's also it. five years younger than me. So I feel like Danny has one workout and it's like, oh, I see an ab. <laughs> he goes oh outside twice and I'm like, oh, there's another ab. Oh my God. Literally, <laughs> Brian doesn't eat like carbs for like one night. Yep. Drops five pounds. Five pounds yep. gone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm like, how on earth? It's, it's different. So it's different. Oh, yeah. That's terrible. Yeah. Okay. And then how about your cooking situation? So do you cook all the time? Does Danny cook? Do you go out? Like, tell me. Danny does not cook. I love my husband. If there was one thing I wished he did, I wish he was one of those guys that's like, look, honey, here's a beautiful, I just threw it together in the kitchen. Not my husband. I mean, he, on the other hand, though, does not rely on me to cook for him. Danny can go in the kitchen and make a sandwich. He's not expecting to like have a meal presented to him at any point in the day. He'll figure something out for himself. But he loves eating everything I cook. I love to cook. I probably cook a few times a week, but I'm not making the four course meal dinner where everyone sits down, including the children and you know we all eat the protein and the carb and the veggie together that's not I like to cook things that I can keep in my fridge for the week that I can sort of multi-purpose like I'll make like a shredded chicken in the slow cooker Mm -hmm. I'll make a soup for the week I'll make all of my salad dressings I'll chop a bunch of vegetables and stuff so I can add them to a sandwich or add them to a salad so stuff that I can like just sort of prepare and put in there and throw together. I'll make a bunch of hamburger patties because my son's obsessed with cheeseburgers and have those ready for the next few days. So I like to cook like that when left alone for multiple hours out of the day, which is a lot. I'm like, oh, let me think ahead and prepare something for dinner. But it's not like a typical like sit down dinner meal, you know, Mm -hmm. but I, I do like to cook and I feel better when I'm eating food that I cooked myself. And I do like, again, to have my kids see cooking and not just ordering out because I like a 
cheat meal, bad meal, whatever you want to call it, as much as the next person. But um, I can't eat like that every day. I just can't do it. I don't feel good. Yeah. I don't look good. I do think that a benefit of being home is that, again, when I have time or I have someone here to watch, things are different now that I have the baby, right? So yeah. if I have time and space, I can go grocery shopping and I can think ahead and I can meal prep before right. I go pick up the kids. Right. And that, I mean, it just is a game changer. But it takes all that. It takes you all that. You have to think, what do I want to make? Yes. What ingredients do I need? What do I already have here? What do I need to go get? What, where, what is my day split up? Do I need to prep here? Do I need to let it thaw here? Do I, it's a whole thing. So if you just end up being 5 p.m., like, oh, what do I do? It's not going to work. No. Hello, doesn't Taco work, Bell. No, no, it doesn't. It's a hello, Taco Bell. Hello, exactly. Taco Bell. It's $1.29. Right. Right. And I'm, what, I'm like, uh, in all aspects of my life, I'm a high-low. So in, in the food aspect, like, I will eat a cheeseburger from McDonald's. If it's warm and hot and in front of me, it's going to smell so good. Mm, I love it. I'm going to feel like shit after. I'm not going to be proud of it, but I will do it, and I'm not going to lie. I like it. But I, and I also want to make like a super healthy, delicious meal. My, I make, like I said, I make all my own salad dressings. I like fresh vegetables. Like I am a high low. I literally like both sides just as equally. And it's like, I just have to balance it. You yeah, know, that's I'm not all or nothing. Is. That is really the key. Balance. I don't, I think that if anyone go, I mean, different personalities are different. Some people need a diet. Right. They cannot eat that. No. They eat it once. They're off for the next month, six months. They can't. And I get that. That's not me. I'm very much a gray person. I cannot be black or white in anything in my life. If, you know what? I, I'm so rebellious, like yeah. by nature, yeah. that if someone puts me on a "you can't have you can't. this," that is all I will do. Right. I will break the rule every right. time, every, just to just for the sake of saying because I did you it. told me I can't do it, and right. now I'm just binge eating chocolate or right. carbs or whatever. Right. right. And so for me, I've really worked on balance, and yeah. I feel like intuitive eating is the term that I was like, oh, that's what I do. And I just feel like the balance is what works best for me. But And also when you have yeah. kids. Yeah. If you're a single person with no children in the house, no birthday parties, no this, that, I mean, it's a lot easier to stick to like a certain... You know, I'm so rude. I didn't even offer you any of my children's Halloween candy. Oh, I'm so you're sorry. You're so rude. Wait, You're holding on. the Reese's wait a minute. for yourself. Wait, no, wait. don't show me. How much do you have? This is so rude. She's going to the cabinet. She's going to the pantry. Let's see. You mean you didn't bring it back to the dentist for a dollar a pound? Oh, she's got two buckets. We have. I'm gonna see Carter and Charlotte. I'm gonna be like, your mom offered me. Don't you dare offer me your candy. Don't wrap me out. My kids are gonna. Can I tell you? I have a Carter bucket and a Charlotte bucket. So Danny is way more of a candy person. I am like a French fry, salt and vinegar person. I'm all of it. I'm all of it. Right. Not like I won't eat the... Have you had truffle cheese? (laughs) Have you met that friend called truffle cheese on a cracker, a salty cracker at 11 p.m.? Oh, my God. With (laughs) with a glass of wine. Right. Like, that's that's me. That's that's way more me. But Danny will will fuck up a a basket of candy. Do you hear this, candy? (laughs) Okay. So here's... This is something... This is, like, sharp, right? But um, I am always very interested in how women... Mm have come to being stay-at-home moms and Mm -hmm. so for example that was not my thing and i always almost am like fascinated when women say that because i think it has to do with their up and there is a handful of women that definitely always Always wanted that that as their plan and i kind of wish let me say there's nothing wrong with that no no i actually feel like the opposite like i wish i was more like that yes yes because for me it's been this like hard process of like oh my changing your life and my expectations of myself and all these things so I guess I'm curious because like me you're very hard charging but you're also a hardcore mom like you are like me like when you decide to stay 
Well, home. I'm going to do it all. I'm the room mom. I'm the this. I'm you the and that. I. Yeah, yeah, we yeah, are yeah. like I'm the not, same with that. Well, that's, I'm, I'm just like a diehard. Like You're anything a diehard. I do, I'm just a diehard. Exactly. And I love that spirit about <laughs> which, which at this point in my life is great because I'm doing good, beneficial things very diehard. Um, at one point in my life, I clearly was doing other things that were not beneficial very diehard. Right. <laughs> I just go all in, rah, yeah, rah. I love that. Um, so I would say my problem was mm-hmm. I didn't really have a plan for my life. I always had great grades and friends and a very normal exterior presentation growing up as a kid, Um, did well in school, got into good colleges, had no fucking clue who I was, had no clue what I wanted to be. And, and, and in my gut, the, the, the lane I think I should have gone in that where I felt passion was creativity. I probably knew in my soul that I should have gone, for example, when high school was ending and everyone's figuring out where they're applying to college and what you're going to, what your next step is in my brain. Um, and this was wrong, but I was, you know, what, 17, 16 dealing with a lot of trauma in my family and in my household at the same time in my brain, smart girls who were successful, did not go to fit up. But was I into fashion? Was I sitting on my floor at night in my room with an old sewing machine, like sewing together t-shirts and like making my own clothes? Yes. Would that have probably been a very beneficial school for me to go to, to like really do what I felt passionate about? Yes. But I was a straight A student. I went to Beverly Hills High School and I needed to go to a UC. I needed to go to a UC. I needed to, you know, be what in my mind. And because I think a lot, because of all the trauma and stuff I was going through in my home and in my family, I felt the need to really present the way I should, quote unquote, and mm. look and be a certain way. So your parents weren't putting that narrative on you, you were no. doing it on yourself? No, I didn't even have a parent like asking me to do a, a college application. My mom had, I mean, this is a, no, another two hour podcast, but I'll just say, my mom basically left my life at 16, 17, it was right around there, very abruptly, did not say goodbye, we were no longer just, I didn't even know. She just left. And I moved in with my dad and I thought I was going to continue seeing my mom. Why wouldn't I? Um, my parents had been divorced for many years, but I had been living with my mom since their divorce at nine. Mm-hmm. And it was time for me for many reasons to move in with my dad. My mom had addiction issues and mental issues and I moved in with him and then she just disappeared. So at the time in my life when I'm supposed to be like doing college prep and this was happening. So I was consumed by other things. I was still going to school, getting straight A's, taking good courses, having friends on the outside. Again, like I said, I looked like I was okay. That's all I was trying to do was be okay. Because for some reason in my mind and probably, you know, in most kids mind at that age, you just need to be okay. That's not the case. I should have said, I'm not okay. <laughs> I need help. <laughs> this is not sitting well with me. What is going But I couldn't do that. You didn't so have that. When it, tools, yeah. Right. So I think when it came time to choosing, what do I want to do for college? Where do I want to go? I was like, I, and my dad was doing the best he could. He was now had all three kids and my dad's a working professional, successful doctor with a big practice. He was, he was not right. He was not the parent that I am now. Who's like, hello, let's do your homework. Hello. But he expected it. Mm-hmm. I got, you weren't coming home with less than an A. I also had, a, I said, I wanted a car. Okay, you want a car? Get a job. We'll split the lease. So yes, I got a car, but I had to work. 
I worked on Melrose. I sold clothes. It was very cute. It was, I was very good at it. A few days a week, so I could contribute to a Carly's. So that's kind of like where my life was at. I didn't have a parent who was making sure that I turned in my applications and met with a guidance counselor and had a plan. I didn't have a parent asking me, what do you want to do, honey? What do you like? What? And, th and that's not because he wasn't a good dad. My dad was a great provider. He picked up a lot of broken pieces, um, but he was not a hand holder and a cuddler and a talker. You were missing your mom. I was missing a lot. And even if she was there, she probably just would have brought more issues. But I just, I never had that. So Well, that mother figure right. to hold just your hand through of, right. that formative time so for every child. I never had really this like really clear plan as to what I want to be or who I was or did I want to go to this college or study this or become this. So as I started out on my college journey, and ultimately I ended up at UCLA after being at San Diego State and here and there, and, um, but then I ended up not finishing UCLA because I ended up needing to go and fix my life and go to rehab and do a bunch of self-work. So I think that my life then changed after that on a different path where I started working in fundraising for you know the treatment center that helped me with my life. I felt very connected to them and their mission. And I thought that like my story was a perfect example of you know all the lives that they were able to touch. And I was like, oh, when they offered me a job to work there doing fundraising and development, I was like, sure, this feels like this is going to be something that's going to like be good for my soul and feel good, and that that's me, that I can relate to. So I worked there for many years doing that, and that was a great job. But um, and through that was when my relationship started with Danny and all that. But again, it wasn't like this like predetermined path that I had set at like 15, 16 years old. I'm going to end up doing fundraising. Like I stumbled into that through my journey, you know? Wow. Would you say that you're now, cause look, for those of you that don't know Allie, she is a phenomenal mother. And I'm not just saying that cause you're sitting next to me. It's that it's the truth. She's all in. Thank you. She gives everything she can to her family. She's at every single activity of those kids. She's there for the emotional support. Like it's, it's hard to even describe, but she is genuinely all in on her family and it is beautiful to watch. So my question to you, Allie is, would you say that you're the mother now that you needed? I think that I am a mother who is, who is learning how to parent my kids based on how I was parented. And there was a lot of years where my mother was around and she was making the Mickey Mouse pancakes in the morning and singing the bedtime songs. And I remember those things. And then there was the later years where she was not doing those things. And then she was gone. And I remember those things. And I remember the underlying feeling of what I recognize later through treatment and therapy and all those things of abandonment. And I don't ever want my kids to feel that. Mm -hmm. So I think I parent from a place of, which makes me a really good mom in a lot of ways, but then it probably also makes me a little too much other times because I never want them to feel some of those things that I felt. And maybe I need to let go a little sometimes. And maybe I need, I didn't take a vacation or leave my kids until this very year. And I have a seven-year-old and a three-year-old. Why didn't I do that? Because in my mind, my kids would have felt abandoned. Wow. So I was that healthy? I wanted to ask you about that trip. And I did not even realize that was the underpinning of what yes. a big deal that yes. was. So hold on. We're, never, we're now, we have we're now we're of, a little we're, weepy. Yeah. Now I'm like, oh my God. This, I told you this the tears would come. This is a beautiful, um, incredible story. So before we move on to the trip, because I actually was very, not even knowing all this stuff, I yeah. actually was going to ask you about the trip yeah. and what that was like yeah. leaving them because yeah. you're so committed. Um, did you ever, have you reconciled or found your mom ever? So she recently, when well, no, recently, the last few years, um, it was ironic timing too. <laughs> so Bo was born in June three years ago, um, June 21st. Um, 
via C-section that was planned. And this is an important fact because my mother's birthday is June 23rd. My mother's mother's birthday is June 23rd. So when they told me that I had a baby who was basically set, a baby girl set to be born, anywhere from June 21st to the 25th, and you I was I was having- have died. Yes, dead. I was like, cannot be the 23rd, cannot be the 23rd. I don't want, I know, I'm not like some woohoo, like, you know, um, I, this is just a real thing for me. Like I can't. And I was having the planned C-section because of the birth issues that I had had with Wyatt. So it, I didn't do the C-section because of that. But since I was already doing it and I could control the date a little, I was like, this girl's got to come out. So it was leading up to that. My mother's mother, who lives in Illinois, who is like a billion years old at this point, and it's gone from, we used to exchange letters every year, and then someone got her on email at one point, and she would send a very funky email once a year, and then she got on Facebook a few years ago, and she started, you know, making comments, like, oh, thank you for sending me these pictures, honey, and it's like, she thinks I'm sending them to her, it's oh, really cute, bless. but that's basically like the, the extent of my relationship with my mom's mom. She wrote and said that my mom was coming to visit her. My mother basically has been as far as I know, what I'm told, in Spain since she left us. So 20 years now. She left Los Angeles with a man who was originally from there, went there, and has stayed there. And, you know, that's one of the reasons why I've never, you know, run into her at the gas station, because she's not here. But she was coming to Illinois to visit her mother, and my, her mother, my grandmother, you know, 90-something years old, was like, maybe we can all get together. And I'm like, well, this is a lot in general. This is also a lot considering I'm very pregnant. I'm not going to Illinois. I'm not hosting her here. That's not even what we should be talking about. Like there hasn't been so much as like a, a, com a letter, an email, a, com a phone call, a conversation, let alone seeing each other. Like I, this is not, and I have a younger brother and an older sister and we sort of pow out about it. And we're like, this just doesn't feel um, like the right way to do this. Um, and at around the same time, my mother also, like I said, got Facebook. So she had been like liking things and it was like so weird. Like, how do you not see me for 20 plus years and then start liking photos on Facebook? Like that's again, just not the right way to do this. In my opinion, your mom, yeah, like, like asked oh. to be my friend, friend you. Wait, were you like staring at her pictures like crazy? I was staring at her picture like, oh my God, this is some horrible version of the woman whose face I see in my head. Because my mother was beautiful. She was beautiful and blonde. And it definitely started going down at the end of the time that I had spent with her. So she wasn't like that in the end. But I think we tend to hold these images in our head that are romanticized a little. So I have this picture of my mom in my head for all these years that I didn't even realize looked a certain way until I saw a modern day photo on Facebook. And I was like, <gasps> like my breath was taken away. She looked like herself enough for me to go, okay, this is the same person. Yes, but just so much older and so much more just i mean like the word skeleton came to mind like oh my god like where is the life and the beauty you know so she had also so all this was sort of happening i was very pregnant with Bo. i did not entertain a visit but it's still i felt the need to like respond to a message and be kind and be responsive and then i was like i don't fucking owe anybody in this equation anything I don't know anybody, anything here. So let me just say what I mean. And I think at some point, and she had never even spoke, at this point she hadn't even spoken to like, hi, I've been gone for 20 years. Like that hadn't even come up. So when we denied the visit, um, she ended up writing a message at some point that said, I understand this and that, blah, blah, blah. And there was a line or two in that saying, you know, I'm sorry if I've caused any pain over the years. It was not my intention. I'm so happy for 
you know, this life that I see you have. You're beautiful. You're amazing. Love, mom. And I was like, mom, that's so interesting to sign it that way. Because for me, I don't feel that at all anymore. And it's amazing to me that you still feel that. But I ended up writing something back like, thank you for acknowledging the hurt and the sadness that has gone on here. It definitely has. Um, And I'm glad you see my beautiful life that I have today. I'm so grateful. I'm so blessed. I am so lucky. I love my life. I love my children. I love my husband. I'm, I'm, I'm so happy you can see that. Thank you. Because that was a real statement to me. That I wasn't saying was, anything to me. That make, was the best. That response. was the truth. That was the only I response. wish you the best. And, you know, we're good. And then I signed my name. Not your daughter. I didn't call you mom. I didn't say I love you. But I said what I could say that was truthful and real. And that was it. And since then, there's been, you know, a t- I find myself sometimes posting things on Facebook, like sharing pictures that maybe I wouldn't normally share because I'm like, let her see this. Because I know she's looking. Let her see this. Let her see these beautiful grandchildren that she's not going to meet. Not to make her feel bad. Um, Let her, I mean, maybe, I don't know. Not not to make her feel bad. I feel like that's the wrong term. But I want her to see what happened in spite of her absence. Because that shit was hard. She left three kids without a mom when they were, not young, we weren't babies, but any year, I'm a mom. I'll say that any, any year, any age you leave your kids is fucked up. So she did that. Let her see that we've all, we're not only okay, we're great kids with great lives. Let her see that. If that makes me feel better, then you know what? <laughs> let, let, well, let me. It, it's taken quite a bit for of strength, determination, resilience. I mean, the list goes on and on for you to navigate that situation. Yeah. And I can't even imagine. And I think it probably for you as a mother, like, it's probably even more perplexing as a mother. Once you've had kids and to know the depth of your love for your kids. Oh, it changed you, like my whole view. Like how could you? It makes it worse. Almost. And my view already was not great. I didn't feel good about the situation. But we I had, can't even leave our kids for a weekend. Let that's alone. my point. That's my point. So when I think about literally disappearing, no goodbye and not seeing my kids... And then I go back to a place of someone who has also struggled with things in life. And I, from that lens, I'm like, she must have been in such Such a bad bad way that that was the best case scenario. If then, you know, I agree. I agree. Someone has to be really down and out to to make that decision and go, this is the best thing. But you know, I've said this to my younger brother, for example, and he's like, no, 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 no. Don't benefit of the doubt her. Don't benefit of the doubt her. That's not the best answer. You pick yourself up and you get it together for your kids done well that's so for him yeah that's his that's his he doesn't really and and i get that you know yeah i mean look everyone's entitled to feel how they want yeah wow that is a powerful story and (laughs) you have so much depth in connecting all the dots by the way i went to san diego state too i did not end up at ucla how did we never (laughs) talk about that go aztecs i did one year i did one year and you know it was the year of um it was 9-11 so like some like my most poignant memories of being in this like, you know, apartment in San Diego going to class there was like the Twin Towers and everything and how scary that was like being away from my dad and my house here, my family down there. And um, I literally did that one year down there. And it wasn't bad. I, 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 it was fun, but it was just I was I was still an L.A. girl driving to San Diego every weekend. I mean, driving back and forth every week just to go to classes. And I was like, what are you doing? Why are you going there? Like, what? what come yeah, back and go to school sense. here. And then I ended up back at That's impressive. My, living in my dad's house going to UCLA. It's impressive you made it there after all that you were going through. 
Okay, so you opened up the question that as I was thinking about what we were going to talk about, I actually wanted to ask you about the trip, which is weird that you then just brought this up. <laughs> that I brought wait, it wait, up. This is another total divergence that I've been dying to tell you guys. <laughs> I was having, you know, when you're pregnant and like you start having wild, weird dreams, like nonsensical. Yes, yes. Last night I had one and it was about you and Stop. our podcast. Okay. <laughs> and I like, there was something where I missed the podcast. There yeah. was something where I missed it, right. but it drove me, you know, in a dream, you're stuck in it and it like yes. it's driving you crazy you don't get all out night. Of it. Yes. You drove me crazy yeah. all night. Yes. I've heard that from many people, many times. <laughs> and then I woke up and I was like, that was wild. I don't normally have wild dreams like that unless I'm pregnant. And I'm like, <gasps> no, I no. have wild dreams like that all the time. You I do? think I'm just like an anxious person. So I have like weird, anxious sleep dreams all the time. So if I have something coming up that I'm Good or bad, like excited about, nervous about anything, like it'll be on my mind and I'll have dreams about it. That's what it was. Yeah. It was really weird. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, so that was super weird. Okay. So one of the things I wanted to ask you that I thought was so crazy, yeah. amazing, I want to hear about was, okay, Allie turned 40 yeah. and for her 40th birthday, she, well, there was more to there was why. Two, well, there was two trips. There was like a Vegas 48 hour trip, which for my actual birthday Okay, not that one. The France one. The France one, yeah. That just happened to be fortuitous timing because one of my best friends from growing up who lives in New York with his fiance was getting married in Paris because her whole family's from there. And that's just, you know, how they decided to do it. And it just happened to be in August, three weeks after I turned 40, and something I would have never done to date, not because there's anything wrong with doing it, but as we touched on, like, I have issues with leaving my kids. So the idea of going to another country for a week was like not something and, I did. And it was the beginning of school. It was the first week of school. So how did you work through that and how... My amazing husband, Danny. <laughs> he didn't come with me, which was obviously the ideal scenario would have been we go together to this wedding and be... But I went to him and I said, look, I can't leave and have a good time and like not be anxious. And if I go that way, it's just a waste, like unless you're here. Um, I need you here. I know the kids need you. I want to go by myself. And if this is like my, let's say, 40th birthday gift to myself, I think it's about damn time. And this is the only way that it's going to happen. Because I did not want to miss my friend's wedding. And over the last seven years since having a kid, now two kids, I've missed so many fucking things that I've stood back and been upset at myself for not going to. Wow. And I was like, I'm not going to do that this time. I'm not going to do that. And these are my friends from growing up. And these are friends who remember this old version of me from when we were young from, so the, like these are people who have like seen my entire journey and do they live down the street from me today? And are we like, you know, going to the same basketball games like you and me? No, we all live in sort of different places around the city and send our kids to different schools and some have, you know, jobs, some stay at home, some have nannies. So we're not all, but it's that group of friends who all this time can pass. And when you get together, it's still the same and big life moments come up and you guys do them together. But like, they're not my day to day friends, but these are people who know what I've been through and they get why it's hard for me to leave my kids. And I went with most directly my girlfriend whose husband also wasn't coming. So we like flew together and stayed in a hotel together. So we had each other. And um, it was one of the best things I could have ever done for myself at 40 years old because it was like a reminder. Of course, it was just like a kick-ass good time and so much fun. And, but it was like, oh, this is who I am aside from a mom. This is who I am not doing all of the things I do every day, but, you know, still able, I don't know, to like, 
I knew I was still able to have fun and have a good time, but like you just get a different headspace when you're not waiting on kids all day long. You know, it's like I had an opinion about things. I was able to have an intelligent conversation. Wait, what is that like? <laughs> Go on. Right. What it's like, it like, oh, I actually want to eat that food, not order that food because I know that my kids would like that. Like it's just when you get out of that headspace and it takes a minute and we always gone for, I don't know, six days. I just felt like I was like still me and it was good to like be reminded of that. You know, it's so crazy to me how we as, you, you hear this, but when you really think about what it means, like we literally forget about ourselves, yes. which is the, like you literally forget about your own needs, your own wants, your own everything as yeah. a mom. Yeah. It's weird. Right. And you can say, yeah, I know what I'm doing that, but until you actually can step away for a minute. And I, again, this is me the first time I've ever done this. I've had friends telling me to do this for years. I've had friends telling me this for years. I just wasn't ready to do it. And I didn't in my mind have enough of like an excuse. I needed an excuse. And this wedding was like, but it was, it was definitely that lesson. Like, oh, you're still a person. This is who you are. And, you know, people still want to be with you. People are still, like, having a good time. Like, that was nice. I think I was the last person on the dance floor at my friend's wedding. And when he said, like, oh, like, Allie won the dance floor of the award night, I was like, yes, yes, Honey, yes. I still got it, <laughs> yes, baby. that's what it felt like, you know? <laughs> yes. But it was also really, uh, I felt very grateful just to be in a space where, like, again, especially given my story and, you know, my whole journey for the last 40 years. Like, I still have friends who want to call me their friend and invite me to their wedding and say they know me. They're still proud to, like, have me at their table. So that felt really good, you know? No, that's incredible. That's That says a lot about your friendships. And it's really a full circle moment. Yeah. Like, that's a really a... There's yeah. a lot more to that story than I even realized. Yeah. There's there's a lot of layers to a lot this of layers, right here. Honey. I'm like an onion. Oh my God, you are, sweetie. We're peeling your onion. Wait, what? <laughs> I'm like an onion. Oh my God. I love that we can laugh and cry and mm -hmm. drink and eat. By the way, did I offer you candy? <laughs> it's still there. I see it. But yes, going back to that other, tying it back to you know, you, I didn't really have a plan for, am I going to be a stay at home mom? Am I going to have this career? I kind of just fell into stuff, mm -hmm. but because I worked up until Wyatt, my oldest was four. Um, I got a taste of what that's like and it's a very different life than staying home with kids. Yeah. And, um, so you want to stay home? You want to continue to stay home? Right now, yes. I want to continue to stay home just because I feel like the things that I was doing before were not and this is very different from your story. I know I, I was not working jobs that I like felt were my passion jobs, my attained, worked hard for career goal jobs. Like moms who have that, I think, I mean, listen, it's hard to leave your kids no matter what, but maybe it's a little makes more sense that like I'm leaving my kids every day because I'm showing them that like I wanted to be X, Y, and Z and I worked really hard and I have that now and like that is what my kids need to see and that's what I need for my soul. That's what makes me the best mom to my kids. That is different for everybody. I was not working the, that kind of job. I did not have a job that made me a better version of myself. I did not have a job that I came home happy about. I had a job that I needed because I got a paycheck that I needed because I had young kids and we needed to pay for shit. And my, mm -hmm. my husband is still was still at the beginning of his career and we needed two incomes. And I mm -hmm. made enough to pay the nanny mm -hmm. and still have money left over to pay certain bills that I needed paid. So it made sense and we did it. But that kind of started to go away when I, oh, I went on maternity leave with Bo and it was about, do I go back to work? 
And when you look at the dollars and cents and you look at the joy and the hardships and you look at the pros and the cons and the cost and the benefit and you have a nine month old and you're doing all that and then COVID starts, it sort of changes you know, a lot of things. Yeah. So, and you highlighted all those different considerations so beautifully because yeah. it is, it's this game of trade-offs. And I think right. that's where I think this conversation of motherhood interrupted. That is the whole reason I started this brand right. is because I am, I cannot tell you how many conversations I have on a daily basis exactly like this yeah. for a woman. And this is the thing that I hate to say it, but like I jokingly say to my husband, my next life, I want to come back as a dad. Yeah. Like, <laughs> For a lot of reasons, but, um, um, but you know, women, we end up being, whether it, it really doesn't even matter all those different, you know, whoever you are, every single mom out there ends up hitting some kind of, I don't want to say fork in the road. Cause not every mom has a choice per se, one right. or the other, right. but there's always this conversation with yourself as a mother around trade-offs right. and as a woman, there's no, I, I, and I don't mean to make it seem like it's a negative, but it's just, I feel like it's the world we live in. Like it's always going to be a trade-off. You're never going to have it all in terms of being a mom and working. Like I have been a stay at home mom fully. I've worked, I've kind of worked from home and kind of done the part-time like where I kind of am juggling both. And I've yeah. obviously before kids only worked. Right. And I have to say the hardest thing is doing both. It's right. the most stressful. Right. It is. And as a woman, it's like we all struggle right. with this, right. this. And that's the thing that I wasn't expecting. Definitely not. I was definitely not expecting. I thought that once I, and once I had kids, I was like, I only want to stay home. And I was, it was very hard for me the first four years of Wyatt's life when I had to work. Also because going back to, you know, it just wasn't working a job that I like really was like loving in my heart. And it didn't make me, a, the, a, not because it was a bad job. It just, you know, a lot of, listen, a lot of people have jobs that are hard and make them miserable at the end of the day. So I don't think that I was in some like hardship that was like special. No, it's just a lot of people you got to get up and work because you need to pay your bills. Absolutely. That was the situation I was in and it made sense and we did it for that reason. But because of that, I was itching to be a stay at home mom because I didn't want to do that, mm -hmm. you know, again. Mm -hmm. And I saw that my kid's life got better when I started staying with him every day instead of a nanny. And that again, does not, that does not, it's not the case for everybody. I know a lot of amazing caretakers that people have in their homes that help make their kids better people and help them. It was just the circumstances that I was dealing with at the moment with my particular child and transitions he was going through and things that he was doing that, um, things improved once he was with mom every day. That was just our mm -hmm. situation. But once I saw that, that was also another sort of like, okay, do I that, that money that I make from going to work, is it really that important? Do mm -hmm. I, you know, drive a Mazda instead of a BMW and not take that vacation every year? Yeah, that's the decision that I made at that point in my life. And then I had the second baby and I was like, okay, for sure now I'm not, I'm not going to go and leave both of these kids and then with COVID and all that. But um, it's still a trade-off. There's still friends that I have that get to go to these awesome jobs every day and create and do things that fill their cup and that, you know, I sit back and go, damn, that's probably pretty fucking cool, you know? So I don't say that I'm going to be a stay-at-home mom forever. I keep talking about what I'm going to be when I grow up because in my mind, I'm still a kid. <laughs> like when I grow up, I'm going to, and I just know that there will be a time when my kids are a little older that I'm going to do something that makes me the best version of myself that I come home excited about and energized about that I can put time into. That's not about, do I make enough money to pay the nanny and then pay these bills? And does that make sense? And is that, it's not going to be about that. And, 
am I so fucking lucky that I even will get to make that decision? Yes, because there's a lot of moms that don't get to make that decision. They don't get to make any of these decisions that you and I have gotten to make. They just have to do whatever they have to do. They don't get a choice. So at the end of the day, no matter what day I'm thinking about this and how easy or hard it seems, I do remind myself that like I'm grateful that it's even a choice for me. Absolutely. It's you and a I choice. both come from a place where we have a lot of gratitude yeah. for that. Right. And um, yeah, and you know, that's really the spirit behind Motherhood Interrupted. And it's also the reason why I podcast. Yeah. It's because it's a creative outlet for me and it's yeah. a form of connection right. to totally. other people. Totally. I get that. I, I, I see that now that I'm sitting here and I'm talking with you and we're having this conversation. Just wait like, till you start sending this to your friends and they're like, <laughs> I really like that you shared this thing. And you start to have conversations with people offline. And it's like, you're really touching a lot of people. And I never think about myself or my story that way. And then I, every time I end up like having a moment where I open up with someone like this, I get that response and I need to like hear that a little bit more and let myself hear that a little bit more because if I can just sit here and have this fun conversation that I'm having with you and like have it mean something to like one person, like how great You'll is that? You'll be surprised that you can really touch people. And the more conversations we can have on these trade-offs or people's stories and their backgrounds and all of that, I think it really does help. You know, one thing maybe that you said will resonate with somebody and it yeah. just makes someone else feel more understood yeah. or it helps them see something in their own story they didn't see. Right. And, you know, it's just really dissecting some of these issues. It gives, you know, it just gives it more validity. And when I feel like as women, we're go, 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 go. And we don't have time to stop and, you know, like pause and really understand what it is that we've had to choose or right. the trade-offs we're making because right. we're constantly just giving and giving and giving. Right. But to pause and be like, wow, look at what Allie did despite this horrible right. hardship. Like look at who she is and you know, it explains a lot of the energy you put into your family right. and it's impressive. And I don't wanna be like, um, like I said, I don't always share it. I don't want to feel like embarrassed about any part of my story, but I would be lying if I would say that there's certain maybe groups of parents or moms or that I would be like, oh, do I want to tell like my whole story to? Are they going to judge me? Are they going to think differently of me because, you know, I met my husband in rehab or because I have this weird sort of upbringing with my mom and, you know, I, whatever. Like I, I, I should never have to be embarrassed about anything. Never. Like, Let me tell you something. When my, my cousin had sadly passed away, and I'm not going to get into the details because that's not the point of this, but there's a reason why I'm bringing this up. She taught me something. She passed away at 34. It was very sad, yeah. et cetera. She was amazing. Yeah. And you would love, you would have loved her. Okay. So she taught me something that I'll never forget. And she didn't say this, but it's just who she was taught me. Yeah. And she would tell you things that you would be like, wow, I would think that like you're embarrassed to tell me like, oh, I had sex in a bathroom with this guy in Greece. And, and you're like looking at her like, are you you're like, you're really telling me mind? this right now. Like, yeah. aren't you worried I'm going to judge you? Yeah. And it's like, she would share who she was on unapologetically. And let me tell you, she was wild too, yeah. but so kind. Right. Yeah. And what I learned from her is that the more you show people, it's actually like the opposite of opposite of what you would think. You our instinct is that if you share something with people, they're going to judge you. Yeah. Okay, that might be true in some situations. But the really, like the people that you're really there to connect with, the more you share, the deeper your relationships get. And people actually feel like they know you more and they mm -hmm. actually appreciate you more. Yeah. And 
that vulnerability takes you such a long way and people end up loving you more because right. they see you more when you're like a real person you know yeah like, and they appreciate the depth and the story right. and the struggle right. and all of these things right. why do you think on my podcast i started talking about ivf i'm like the old version of me would have been embarrassed to talk about all which that stuff which is so wild and crazy which to is me. so stupid right side note like now Not it's becoming so, more it's normalized stupid, right but, but it's silly it's just so crazy to me that women would ever be in that situation and feel shame like and how sad right. is that it's it's how stupid. sad is it that really that doesn't even anyone's ever been able been made to feel that way exactly you know? i completely agree with you and so i guess i've learned through the podcast that I've actually shared a lot of my personal stuff that I never intended to and I never right. was trained. I was trained to be very private, right. private Instagram, right. private. But this podcast, it's like helped me find my voice and share my stories. And in turn doing that, I have been able to connect with so many more women. Right. Or and people. on such a deeper level. Deeper. They love you more. The right. more, right. what I learned from my cousin was the more you share about yourself, the more you open up the more love you'll actually receive. I know that the right people for me, for my life, to be in my life, are the ones that are going to hear all of the nitty, gritty, scary, horrible details of it and do that, love me more, feel more connected to me. I know that those are the right people for me. I guess I just worry about the wrong people for me. And because this is a smaller community than, you know, you would really think it really is like we said everyone knows everyone you know my i know all of them <laughs> you know right. every human i've ever met. i guess i always just get scared that like you know some weird narrative some weird version of my story is going to get passed on to people who aren't the right people for me and then you know my husband or my children or my family would ever get looked at differently because right. maybe some people were brought up in a way where like they don't understand drug addiction they don't understand mental illness they don't understand a lot of these things and again, I guess as I'm saying this out loud, talking about it and sharing it like this is the only thing that's ever going to like start to change people's totally. minds. Totally. So it's important and again to do it. Listen, the way you started the podcast, you didn't even realize you said this. You said, you know, life is hard. There's real struggles. It's not all, and especially in this like day of Instagram yes. and social media and everybody's perfect and all that bullshit. Like people are getting really depressed. Yes. It's very scary when all you're seeing is curated, perfect versions of life. And I think if you can be open and honest about, yes, I went through these struggles. By the way, your struggles happen to you, just right. to you and right. for you. Right. But it's like, I just think having those real authentic conversations is so important just right. for other people's mental health. And when they look at you, because let me tell you, when I met you, yes, I was like, holy shit, this woman is like, a, <laughs> like who extra, extra. Oh my God. I thought I was outgoing. <laughs> holy shit. Like, and I only know this about myself because people who I like, who I'm now close with have come back to me and said, when I first met you, and I've heard this so many times, I'm like, oh, okay, I guess that's how I present. Because you're so confident and engaging and put yourself out there unapologetically, <sighs> whereas other people may be sitting in the circle like not confident, you know, uncertain. And so to have somebody kind of bulldoze in and be like, hey, hey I'm here. Right. Let's have the best time ever, everyone. <laughs> it's like, hell yes. First of all, that's a trait of leadership, but it shows confidence. But um, anyway, just sharing yourself authentically I think it is beautiful to share your struggles and also your triumphs because from the outside looking in, when I see you and your family, it looks like the perfect family. No, it does. <laughs> I like, laugh and I'm like, your husband, oh, so wait, wait, let me, we didn't even talk about the fact that your son is a basketball star and we don't even have time to <laughs> talk about all of that, but 
now I understand. Kimberly's like his biggest fan. No, I literally, I mean. We have like, we need like a whole nother podcast to discuss I'm gonna, all of my son's sports neuroses. No, we don't. I'm going inter- to interview him. <laughs> He's like a star. But anyway, we digress. Um, I definitely am like a, a huge fangirl of your son, Wyatt. Um, you're but when, I forget what the hell I was saying. You were saying. saying that the way that, you know, things present. Yeah, like, things present. Like, you seem like your husband adores you. Okay, so Wyatt's off, like, shooting the perfect basketball. Like, he's like the basketball star. Her son is on the court. <laughs> I'm sitting here shaking my head. Like, this is crazy that, because I look at my family, and I'm like, we are just such a mess. No. We are a no. loving mess. We are a real mess. I don't mean it in a bad way. But, like, in my mind, like, we're a no, mess. No, she shows up to every <laughs> practice and every game. Her and her husband, they're both there. And then little Bo, or Bowie, and I scream my head off. Oh, no, but her recent nickname you haven't heard is Bowie Dahmer because she's going through a bad phase. Oh, oh, honey. <laughs> she's a lot right now. She's a lot. That's yeah. that age, though. But it's um, the age, yeah. She's with Danny. He, I like how you looked at me like at the birthday party we were just at. She's <laughs> where's, a, my, where's my daughter? And um, then we look over and... and Allie turns back to me. She's like, she's assumed her position. Holding with, my husband yep. as far away from me as possible. <laughs> it is, you guys. Their family is so freaking cute. Like, it's sick. It's actually sick. Well, I guess I'll keep trying. <laughs> you just, like, keep I'll him keep wanting trying. more, honey. <laughs> However you're doing that magic, that red-headed spunk you got going on, baby. He's going to listen to this. And, like, she's wearing his Cartier. I see a tennis bracelet. Sweetie, she's she's living the dream. I Don't mean, feel bad for her. I just want to be clear. She's living it I up over here. I should find like a picture of me from 20 years ago. Okay, Allie's over like... here living her best life. I just want to be very clear that she is on a, not even a glow up. Like I don't even have words for what It's she all is. Agora. I love Agora. You found your... I sell your Agora book? all day. I stay <laughs> selling Agora. I talk to people... You're a real estate friends. agent. I'm, ugh, this is all coming. I mean... Up. No, I mean... <laughs> I dabbled in that for a minute with a best friend of mine. It's great. It's just not for me. But um, yes, I, I, I could do that. Listen, I, just I wanna, could do a lot of no, things. No, you could do anything. I just, it's about, about I got to find what I want to do. Well, and right now you're doing your family. Right. And you're doing a Maybe I'm going to come co-host with Kimberly Lovey. And this I think is gonna should. be We're going to start co-hosting. No, you totally And then are. we'll see what happens. Wait, you didn't think that you were going to just like come here once and be done. Like you're not a one I did, but now I'm seeing very much after one hour that this is not a one and done. No, no. You're like not gonna a one come hit back. one. You're no, going to no, come no. back. Because we, I, in in all honesty, I actually do want to dive into the children and the sports thing. Cause yeah, because that's kind a whole. kind of know like... <laughs> And listen, I will say just, and then we'll, we'll, we'll tease that. I've now even been learning a lot of my own lessons through things that have recently happened with my son in sports where like, I kind of started out just like, Oh, this is always going to be fun. And this is always going to be awesome. And they're always just going to be good. And they're always just going to be getting better. And you're always just going to meet nice parents that, and while a lot of that is true, like I'm starting to learn that like, it's a roller coaster and there's slumps and like, it's a wave that you have to ride with your kids. And it's been difficult to ride some of this with my son and just watch him go through some things that you know in the sports life that he's he has not yet gone through and I know that like I said it's a roller coaster and it goes up and down so we're 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 weathering a storm right now and um the more I've talked to other parents about it the more they've told me that like they've gone through that already too and it's made me feel better um because for a few weeks I've been like what the heck is happening right now 
you know? Okay, great. So you're going to be here tomorrow. Yep. We're going to do it again. And, and <laughs> because I, Kimberly has a lunch to go to. I do. I do. But I really actually would love to hear more about that. And I do think that these are all of these things that these parents, I feel like, how come no one talks about this shit? I don't know. You're right. I don't right? know. I don't understand. So there's so much to talk about there. That is such again. a meaty discussion. It is. So it's very meaty. please come back. If you want to be a permanent co-host, it's no problem. It's not a high paying job. I only live five minutes away. No, but you're, but pay, you're paying in like champagne and leftover Halloween candy. Listen, I'm going to bring you cheese, sweetie. What, what's your favorite <laughs> truffle kind? Cheese? Truffle cheese. Would you like some? I will. I will get it for you. Prosciutto. Next time we're gonna have like a charcuterie board. Okay. Yeah. I'm here for it. Let's do that. Okay. And I also needed to talk to you about being Jewish. Oh yes. So yes. we'll we'll talk a little bit that about is. that because Kanye that did too. try and cancel my Hanukkah. Hanukkah. Nope. She's which... got a big ass Hanukkah menorah ready to go on Four her feet. front lawn, and I'm here for it. And it came. I'm here for it. Bent and damaged. Yeah, it was okay. That's true. But we're gonna. But it's a good time of year to get into that too, because I feel like there's a lot around Christmas and Hanukkah and kids and how you know you embrace both, but also help your kids understand like what their background is and. That it's all good and it's all, you know, just... Okay, so this podcast was really spotlight on Allie and then... I know, I talk so much. I'm no, so and then sorry. next week's episode, that's why I invited you. But if I didn't want to hear your story, you wouldn't have been here. The next episode you come on, we're going to talk about sports and kids and being Jewish. Yes, that's it. Okay, Those and charcuterie sports. Okay, great. Thank you, Allie. I, I love, love you, you so much. Me. You are so like the best. Honestly, I'm such a fan. <laughs> till next time. Okay, till next time. Bye, guys. All right, that is it for today. Now, as you know, some of our best conversations actually happen after the show. So I want you to find me on Instagram at Kimberly Lovey and let me know your thoughts about today's show. You can screenshot this episode and let us know what your biggest takeaway was and tag me at Kimberly Lovey and we can share it on our stories. I will see you again, same time, same place next week. <laughs>